Replicants are like any other machine. They're either a benefit or a hazard. They're a benefit, it's not my problem. We don't have to be mean, because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Conan, what is best in life? Crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and they hear the lamentation of their women. Groovy. Can you hammer a six-inch spike through a board with your penis? Not right now. The girl's got to have her standards. It gives her a sense of control in a world full of chaos. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in the philosophy of a ruling class, especially since I rule. You have offended my family, and you have offended the Shaolin Temple. Alright, welcome to the Cult of Classics, the podcast that proves that the movie that you thought that only you and your friends watched, that's not fucking true. We've seen that movie too. Thunderclap. And today we're going to be talking about Ong Bak. Ong Bak? The uh, Thai warrior. <laughs> this is a film that came out in 2003 and kind of busted Tony Jaw out into the martial, martial arts world spotlight. Um, he became really famous because like... Jackie Chan and Jet Li yeah. before him, he uh, does all his own stunts. Yeah, and he's a motherfucking monster. He's a motherfucking monster. So I, I saw this film when I was in middle school. Uh, I think I, it was one of the first films I ever torrented because I don't believe it was released anywhere. I definitely saw it uh, on DVD when I was in high school. Okay. Like I saw it a couple of years after it came out. Yeah, but my buddy Richard just, he was like, you have to fucking watch this movie. We watched it and we just couldn't believe how badass it was. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's get right into it. Um, the film opens and it has just a fucking great opening. Uh, the movie they they have like a large crane and they go from the top of this huge fucking tree all the way to the bottom behind a group of guys that are covered in mud, yeah, all staring up at the tree. And then they have this game, which is so easy to understand because you see at the top of the tree there's a flag, and then you see all of them staring up at the flag, and then <laughs> just. One of them screams, and they all run at the fucking tree. Take and off. They just start climbing it, knocking each other off. And you don't need any words. You don't need any language to understand that the object of the game is to get the flag down and that, you, that this is touch football. You can do whatever the fuck you want yeah. to get the other people off the tree. Yeah. There are so many shots of people just getting slung off the tree. And, I mean, a lot of the time they'll do, like, a classic movie technique where, like, somebody gets pushed – Clearly, they fall into like a pad or something like that. A bunch of cardboard boxes. Yeah, and then they'll like they'll cut from them getting pushed until to them falling on the ground. So, yeah. but then also like I, I noticed I was like they did some really kind of smart low budge moves where yep. you can tell there's like a bunch of cardboard boxes or a mattress or something like that underneath like probably five or six inches of like loose dirt. So mm-hmm. they were able to get a, a bunch of really cool shots of people falling like straight up thirty feet out of a fucking tree. And sometimes <laughs> they did. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's some really good behind the scenes video, videos on YouTube of this movie. If yeah. you want, there's like 30, 45 minutes of just behind the scenes. It's in Thai, but you can see that this scene and the early the early ones they they do have people just hit the ground. Good lord. And then the other ones, you can notice, I noticed too when I watched it that one of the most particularly brutal fallings, the dirt looks so soft when he hits it and yeah. they had like watered the ground. Really thoroughly. Okay, so they just watered it. It was my suspicion that they like buried something. I didn't see them bury anything. Okay, but the high ones, they had cardboard boxes, and that's when you see, that's when they the fall cuts, and then they fall and hit the ground, and that's 
you know, I've done this in my backyard with my buddy, Jacob. He got on top, top of my shed's roof. Yeah. And I, cu- I have him falling. And then I, you know, he leaves frame and then he enters from the top of the frame and hits the ground. Yeah. And that's just, you know, a trickle eye. Yeah. I really like in this beginning shot too, like you, you, it doesn't, uh, I immediately identify Tony Jaw as the protagonist. Yeah, like you don't It's hard know. to pick him out. And you just like, at the end, you're like, okay, well, I guess the monstrously athletic guy who gets the flag and then like cartwheels his way down this train, just <laughs> knocking destroys. motherfuckers off left and right is the protagonist. He just destroys everybody. It's just, once he's got the flag and he's running around, he stands up and just has that like confident look and just, he's like, okay, this is the way I go. Yeah. And they all look clumsy and foolish compared to him. Yeah, it's crazy. I, one of my favorite things about this movie and the style that he fights in is like how deliberate everything is like i mean even looking at some like bruce lee and jackie chan movies like with that style of fighting it's it can be a little whirlwind and kind of hard to follow but everything he does is just like incredibly intentional yeah i want to go back to that later because i agree heavily with that all right so and like i said this movie does something that i'm going to 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 do i in my lifetime is is making it's when you when you make your opening scene as visually stunning and captivating as possible. Yeah. And I think this movie really I'm I'm super interested in what's going on. And it didn't have to use any words and it just was like just perfect. It's just using movies to to what they can be in a in a really great way for me. It's like just have you don't need if you have just a great subject matter and just a great visual idea, you don't need to have like the best writers and the best actors and everything, you just set it up and execute it, and it worked so well. Yeah, and that's I just think the movie starts off at a great fucking note. Oh, for sure. All right, so let's get into Act One. <clears throat> so the small village in Thailand, uh, we have a small village in Thailand with our protagonist Ting, um, and we already know two things about this village just in the first five minutes. We know that Ting is insanely athletic, insanely, and we know that uh, who is Tony Jaw, and we know that the village is very religious because we enter in. When Ting delivers the flag he got from, excuse me, the most intense capture the flag game of all time, yeah. he uh, <laughs> he gives it to the monk, uh, the lead monk, and they're they're all bowing in front of their their Buddha statue, which they have named Ong Bak. Ong Bak. That is not Tony Jaw's name. No, Tony Jaw's name is Ting. Is Ting? <laughs> it's Tingling. Yeah, it's adorable. Oh, right, that's right. And, <laughs> and a quick technical note: the film was shot in uh, one point eight five to one aspect ratio. Which is going to look more scrunched up to the to our modern eyes because our aspect ratio right now is two point three five to one. Mine's are quite modern. This is a, an older cinematic widescreen aspect ratio. I th- I was noticing that throughout the movie, and I don't. It's weird because I don't remember noticing it as much when I first saw it. Probably because like, it was a that was a while ago. Yeah, I mean it was like oh five, but still like it it, it looks less modern than mm-hmm. a lot of movies that were coming out at that time. So when I was watching it yesterday, um, my wife watched it with me for a little while. My wife. My wife. And uh, she, was, uh, she was like, oh, okay, this movie's crazy. And like, she eventually started seeing some of the fight scenes and was like, oh, this, this guy is awesome. Like, he is killing it. And she was like, when did this movie come out? I was like, I think like 03, 05. Yeah. And she was like, what? <laughs> and then laughed for like, I had to pause the movie. She was just losing her mind. She was like, this movie came out after the year 2000. <laughs> she thought it was from the 70s. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was shot on some okay cameras and some okay lenses. Uh, it, it's the aspect ratio. I, it's something that she probably doesn't even realize that is just, 
she's internalized after watching so many modern movies that it's going to look different to her. Yeah. And the cameras that she's been watching these movies on are just fucking insane. Yeah. So uh, these were shot on like Ari Flexes, which are still good cameras, but it's not going to be anything. And this is on film, so it's not going to be anything on what she's used to. Um, all right, so point uh, uh, point of clarity. Point, 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 of, point of privilege. Point of, point of procedure. <laughs> uh, Ting is practicing Muay Buran, which is an ancient version of Muay Thai, and it focuses much more on killing. Like the Muay Thai that we see in, if you follow Muay Thai kickboxing and the Muay Thai that's often used in uh, MMA, this is, it doesn't have, it doesn't have elbows to the head. Yeah. That's a lot, that's a main yeah. thing about Muay Buran is that this is made to kill people. Yeah, and I was noticing that. That was like the only times that I, my, my suspension of disbelief was really challenged were when you see Ting like, Taking these knees to people's chins, or like dropping elbows, elbows to the head, directly onto the head. Like yeah. it's like they're that's your neck. Like you're done. Yeah, those, if you're not dead, you're paralyzed. Those actors that took those elbows all had um, padding on their heads, yeah. and they had a wig on top of the padding. That I was wondering. Yeah, that's what it was. Like later on, there's a, there's you're a, wondering why their heads were huge. Yeah, well, and there's a very <laughs> like there's a very uh, there's some some real conspicuous wig work going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And especially in one particular scene, and it's just like, why? Dude, I don't know if you noticed this, but do you remember when Homelay uh, had to jump out of the window of one thing, like, onto a motorcycle? Yeah. Did you notice how bad the stunt double was, work was there? Because, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like Homelay just had a shaved head that was blonde, but this guy clearly had hair that was slicked back because you could <laughs> see the lines of black hair in the top of the guy's head. Oh, yeah, and there's a scene towards the end. Uh, like, it's really, it's in, like, the third act proper of the movie where uh, Ting goes and, like, he puts a solid knee into a guy and he, like, falls back and you can see he's got this enormous pad oh, yeah, on yeah, his yeah. belly. Like, it's, like, straight up, like, a football pad. He looks like he's, like, fucking wearing line, linebacker shit. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, oh. But then they cut to him falling back for a long time. So it looks like he's got a fucking, just like five phone books on his chest. Yeah. It's really funny. They, yeah. Um, anyway, so Ting has been instructed in this this style of Moy Boran. And um, actually, Tony Jaw trained in this for four years before making the movie. Uh, he trained it for four years and was like, I really want to make this movie. Yeah. Um, and Tony Jaw, it's been called into question. I've done a little research on whether or not he could really fight or not. Uh, mm. People have said that he was in Muay Thai camps and was very successful. He, I don't believe he ever fought any professional fights, but his goal was always to be a Jackie Chan, a Bruce Lee, a Jet Li kind of figure because he fell in love with them as a child. Yeah. And he worked his ass off to become good enough to do this shit. I think I don't know how far he could have gone in Muay Thai, but I think it's pretty obvious that when you look at his athleticism and his speed and power that he could have at least been a successful like at least an average Muay Thai fighter. Yeah, and he's I mean this is he really you can you can tell that he is particularly studied up on like Jackie Chan because you know, at a certain point, every every movie that Jackie Chan makes could be like Jackie Chan in "I Don't Want No Trouble," right? You know, and this is this takes heavily from that. Where it's yeah, like, he says, "I don't want no trouble," yeah, <laughs> and then it proceeds to be forced into trouble and then whoop all the ass. He does. He does whoop all the ass. Like everybody's ass gets a whoop. Yeah. So our plot is: this is what happens. Um, Ting instructs him not to kill anybody. That's important. He urges him not to fight. Yeah. And then we got a scallywag named Don who tries to buy a... Uh, a scallywag polywag. An old relic from an old man there 
who turns out to be Humley's father. I think is it Humley or Himley? Uh, Humley. 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 And uh, <laughs> raise, raise. <laughs> That's not raise. Humley. Humley. That's how they say it. Especially because you know he's it's Humley. He's Mister Mister Double Speak. Yeah. yeah. Another one of my notes. <laughs> the guy, so they, Don d- gets rejected from buying this uh, this little heirloom amulet. Yeah, and a, a Buddha amulet. Yeah. So instead, he cuts off the head of their their town's Buddha statue on Bach and runs away with it. Like then a the, spiteful bitch. Then the villagers are very affected by this. They're like, "Oh no, we're doomed." They're very religious, backwards country people, but we don't <laughs> <laughs> we don't fault them for that. And then they gather all of their meager possessions together. They give Ting as much money as they can because he volunteers. As clearly, he's the biggest badass in the village. It mm-hmm. shouldn't even have been a question. And he got the fucking flag. Yeah. And um, he goes off to the big city of Bangkok. Now, this is... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, these are salt-of-the-earth people. Yeah. <laughs> the modern clay of the American West. You know, morons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these these are some hicks in, in Thailand. Like yeah. these are these are not these are not um, sophisticated folk. Um, <laughs> so I think that once we get to the city of Bangkok, this is where Act Two really begins. And I think the cool thing about this uh, scene is when Ting uh, goes in the we we get to see a really cool series of cuts that kind of show us the way Ting must be feeling um, when he uh, first sees the city. It's like. The music. We start getting music for the first really big time in the movie, uh, and the, it's just like cut of a sign, cut of a sign, cut of a neon sign, and yeah. like you hear the sounds of the city, and then boom, like pan, quick pan, like across the sign, and then here we are in the city. And um, there's a lot of cool editing techniques that'll show up uh, in this film that really try to crap- capture the emotion of either <laughs> art. Crapture. Yes, it's the crapture. <laughs> 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 that just got him. Oh. Where we all sit down and get the idea of the crapture, where just like <laughs> some people make it to heaven and then everybody else is just covered in shit, or like some people shit make it to heaven and oh, they propel themselves. The shit propels, yeah. actually, just the shit. <laughs> the crapture, the crapture, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the emotion there, either so it's either trying to capture the emotion of either the protagonist or heighten the mood of, for the audience, which is really good for a low, lower budget film to recognize. And it's, I, I just love it when a movie makes do with what they have and really pushes it. Um, one of the, te- the one of the best scenes for this, I think, where they exemplify this is when um, Ting and Hum Lay are later in an alley after they've just been a- in a little bit of a disagreement mm-hmm. and had to put a whooping on the little biker gangsters. Yeah. A whole group of the biker gangsters and the card hustling gangsters shows up, and as they're walking, it's just like these quick, fucking cuts like boom they're a little bit closer boom they're a little bit closer boom they're a little bit closer and it kind of matches the music that's ramping up mm-hmm. i just think a little that's bit louder now yeah a little bit louder now and i just think that's that's pretty cool um yeah i really liked i i, I thought the uh the the biker gangster was a real classic kung fu movie yeah. like like kind of a a modern trope but still like we've seen it so many times now he's like always got his sunglasses on when his sunglasses are off his eyes are bolted closed so it's like he may not have eyes as a man yeah like, we do not know but he's just such like a classic douchebag he is he and is it, he's really good in his role he's really good and then like the the one thing i thought i, I noticed you had a, a note we and we hadn't had a chance to talk about it yet but like the the 
pill scheme that when we first are introduced to Humley. Yeah. Um, so so we, we, we find out later on that... Um, Humley, a.k.a. Georgie. A.k.a. Georgie. He's got a city name because yes. he doesn't want to know... Like, he's a city boy. He's a city boy. And this is the summer uh, of city and, boys. An itty bitty boy. This is city boy summer. <laughs> and he... Um, so he does, he wants to... We find out his scam is to have... Uh, I think your name is Moy. The, his like sidekick, oh, right. young female sidekick. I want to see how it's spelled in the subtitles. <laughs> and, um, the, the, he always comes in as the main guy, and then she's like his his backup plant. So he pretends to lose the pills off of her, and then he I think is trying to make a barter to trade the pills, or at least to like kind of bait the biker guys with the pills to give him more money. Because we find out in that scene that he owes them like at least. A, a large sum of what he's just won. I didn't see this pill switch. I, I just know that. So we get introduced to Homelay Georgie as a biker. He wins a bike race. Yeah. And his little buddy Moy's like, damn, blah, blah, blah. They get, they get mad. And then he's like, okay, but I'm also, he's like, we can get my money. And he's like, and I got to take my pills. Yeah. And then the guy breaks open one of the, the pills. Yeah. And somehow this. By breaking open the pills, he under he understands that Georgie has or Humley has has scammed him. Yeah, I think the 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 notion was that he had tried to pass off the pills as worth money, and and then they were worth nothing. Yeah, I think they were oh, like, okay. Yeah, but and he was able to discover this by breaking it open. You know, yeah, this is it's just living on the street, you know, in Bangkok. That's well, how like a pill is a pill. Yeah, like I don't even think the best drug dealer could break open a pill and tell that it didn't that it was a a bunk pill that shit hit different in thailand <laughs> <laughs> that's just all i can tell you i mean it's it does hit different yeah it does hit different um <laughs> it does hit different but yeah that's one thing i didn't understand about the movie all right so ting ting's like humble humble and <laughs> why are you laughing it's his fucking name i was laughing at some other shit yeah humble humble and and um He's like, dude, you're from the village. And he's like, my name's not Humley. You're a douchebag. My name is Georgie. Fuck off. Oh, you got money? Come up to my apartment. They get up there, and uh, Ting gets tricked in the easiest way ever. Very quickly. Like, the most obvious way ever. George's like, go take a shower. We'll talk about this shit later. Go take a shower. We'll talk about this shit later. Because as we've mentioned, Humley talks – he repeats everything he says. He's a smooth talker. And he is a smooth a smooth boy. Smooth boy. And he, uh, he steals his money. Yeah. And this is where the movie gets good because he lures Ting into a scene straight out of Street Fighter, yeah. <laughs> a.k.a. Kickboxer, yeah. where it's a fighting ring, underground fighting ring, and there are just people – there's way too many Westerners. I mean there's just like white dude after white dude in there. And everybody's like cheering, and there are girls like dancing really badly. And there's that was one of my favorite moments. Like when they're introducing the club, they just so it's like there's fights going on, and then there's this kind of ambient music in the background. Yeah, but yeah. everybody is dancing their ass off everybody's to it, dancing. And I was like, this is weird vibe, but okay. There's like you know, it's like a dirt floor, but also it's like a you know a high end nightclub. <laughs> like what's going on? Cool, Thailand be hitting different. Yeah, Thailand. This is where we get to meet the second best character of the entire movie. Yeah. And I don't know if we ever get his name. I just know him as the black ringside announcer. <laughs> and he is – it is important to note that he is black because they're in fucking Thailand. Yeah. And that is not the most commonplace thing. No. And he is the most animated little man I have ever seen in my life. He gives the best performance in the whole film. 
straight up. <laughs> I mean, this guy is a fucking caricature. Like, he, it is, he is ridiculously over the top. When he announces, I mean, he, he's just like, Ting Pado! <laughs> like, like, he fucking, like, yells when he says his shit. He goes in. And then Ting, unfortunately for Tony Jaw, is the fact that somehow they have not been able to create better Westerners to fight our, our Eastern um, hero since... 1985. I mean, he's fighting the <laughs> yeah. same level of dumbass Westerners as they've always had Just on there. Big, big. What's the guy named? Blockheaded motherfucker. Yeah, what's the first one guy named? Big B- Bear? Big Bear. But, like, also, it's hard to tell if he is trying for an Australian accent or a British accent. Yeah, it's hard to tell. And then it sounds maybe kind of like somebody calls him Big Ben. Yeah, at one point he gets called Big Ben. Yeah, and it's like, okay, well, I think it's like they realized that he was doing an Australian accent, and then afterwards they're like, we'll just have to say Big Bear. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, well... And do you think he has a wig on or not? I think it's got to be a wig. He, or he's just rocking the Weird owl. I mean... Like greasy Jerry Curl. For no reason. And usually guys that... In are, 2003, that was not popping. It was not popping. And dudes that big typically didn't have... Don't have like... Or at least back then, didn't have like the long, like super weird Al do. And I don't get it. Was it was it try to make him appear more white? Because it's we would all be able to tell that he was white. Yeah, I think it was probably to cover up the pad on his head. Oh, you're right. He did. That's why. I bet it was a fucking wig. Yeah, I think it's got to be a wig because there's a, he there's, gets the poppins. He gets fucked up because he's the first real challenger to Ting. Because Ting yeah, has a, has first. one fight before this where he, like when he originally goes to the club. He has one fight against another, like, jacked-up 80s No, no, this is guy. his first fighter. The guy yeah, with the long hair? Yeah. No, because he goes once, and... Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're, you're right, you're right. The and first just, fight is some other dude. Yeah, and it's barely even well, a fight. Well, he ends it in one second. Yeah, he pops him with a quick knee, and knee he's to the chest. Yeah. yeah, and it's just... And that was so dope, because, like, there's one... Like, one move that I always fucking love whenever I see it in any kung fu movie, it's when, like, the person, like, our our protagonist usually is, like, standing wide wide stanced, and then, like, all of a sudden, their whole body just, like, folds. Yeah. Like, it's a fucking lever, and then some blow is just delivered smack into somebody else. But, like, it's, like, his front leg is out like an actual lever, and then the rest of his body is just like, oh, my weight's so fast. Yeah. <laughs> and the other guy goes down like a fucking sack. And you really don't get to see that much like this uh, in kung fu films or anything other. That When I first saw this scene, this one move, I was blown away. Because like you mentioned earlier, the fighting in this film, when Tony Jaw hits you or when Tony Jaw lands a knee, and I love Bruce Lee, I love Jackie Chan, I love Jet Li, it is a thousand times more dangerous looking than when they do it. It, yeah. it. Like when he fucking lands an elbow or a knee or strikes you, it he makes you look stupid first because you're going to whiff your move mm-hmm. and he's just going to dodge it. And then he puts all of his weight so strictly, deliberately into you, into this move that you're like, this could really kill you. Yeah. Well, and like I think that is that has something to do with like how incredible he is acrobatically like, yeah it's not just like he's doing flips and like flailing around and stuff and they even kind of make fun of uh the the bruce lee style a little bit by introducing right. yeah the, there is a bruce lee guy yeah there's like a bruce lee character who's like just like shuffling his feet back and forth and he's trying to deliver all these like hits and kicks and stuff and they just don't look very powerful but when he i just think it's more the fighting style i think that muay thai or muay boran in this case 
is just a better fighting style than kung fu. Yeah, well, when those when those like the kung fu people are trying to deliver blows, it's like okay, they might hit him, they might like be doing acrobatic shit, but he his his jumping, he can jump so far and so fast that he is just with the fucking it's like a gunshot. Like yeah. he just throws his entire weight yeah. behind a blow and it looks so much more harmful. It because it really is. Yeah. Like when he kicks you it's he's really kicking you hard as fuck. Like yeah. when he throws his elbow, he's really smashing his elbow and throwing so much more momentum because it's just it look it's just so deliberate. Yeah, that's the thing. And like kung fu, it's super fast and pretty looking, but their weight isn't connecting fully behind their blows. And it's just in this, it's like I'm gonna take you out in one hit. Like yeah. he's just gonna throw so much force, so directedly, so pointedly at the the target he's looking at. And it's just going to knock you the fuck out. Yeah. Is what it looks like. And it, it, we see him do a couple of, like, it's, it's only here and there, but there are a couple of acrobatic kicks that he does, especially where yeah. he's, like, landing kicks. Especially in the chase scenes. Yeah, yeah. But they're really used there because he'll, like, fly through the air and then land a kick on somebody. And you can see that it looks way less impactful right. than when he's just, like, I don't know how he, just, like, the, the force that he has when he jumps. It's crazy because it, it's, like. It's so, I mean, it's just so, like, when he's running at you, like, he's just, it's just it's so quick. Yeah, it's like he's kicking you with a jump. And that's what Muay Thai actually looks like. I've actually seen, I went and watched some Muay Thai fights. Like, I wasn't in Thailand, but I've seen them videos of Muay Thai fights. And when they when they move on you, it's so fucking, like, fast and hard. Yeah. And they're just, and you're never ready for it. Like, even if you know where it's coming for from you're not going to be able to react to it if you're not like a trained fighter yeah and it's just so pain like when they kick your fucking leg it's like holy shit my leg feels like it's gonna break yeah is what it looks it looks like to me and it it's just it's just i I straight up i think it's a mixture of the fact that tony jaw is incredibly athletic and i'm not saying he's more athletic than bruce lee he might i mean Bruce Lee probably could have done this if he had been alive at this time, but yeah, I just think Muay Thai to me looks so much more deadly than Kung Fu. I I, I really believe that you, that you can kill people with with this fighting style, and that Kung Fu probably not nearly as easily. Yeah, I mean their kicks just don't have the weight and the force and the purpose that these kicks do. Like these kicks have a purpose. There's no, sh- they're not for show at all. Yeah, well, and you can kind of see it. One of the other things about Tony Jaw that differentiates him a little bit is that. He is more of, I mean, he's definitely, like, a really interesting person to watch, like, have these fights on screen. But he's also just genuinely really athletic. I mean, he's insanely ripped. Yeah. Well, and, like, he, but he's, like, in terms of the chase scenes and stuff, he's able to do a lot of really interesting stuff. And, like, you'll you'll see Jackie Chan do stu- things like this that are just, like, acrobatic and not necessarily fighting. But he does a lot of it where he's, like, and this is right around the time 03 is when, like, parkour and yeah. free running started popping off. So, like, he's really showing off in a lot of those chase scenes. Just, like, he's, like, look how far I can jump. Like, he's, like, I'm hurtling these tables. And I'm fucking cartwheeling through glass panes. And I'm jumping through a big, like, cylinder of barbed wire. Like, he's he's doing things that are less fighting and more athletic. Too. You can see how limber he is if you go back to the first, when his master, when he goes through what would be Muay Thai katas, like, or Muay Boron katas, when he's, like, the elephant smashes the thing and the... Neighbor greets his and in, in mm-hmm. the very first in the first act, you see the way his back rotates when he's moving his elbows and shit. Like he's just limber, mm-hmm. but it's all muscle. Like yeah. if he's moving, you're like, this is just. There's force even when he's just practicing. It's yeah, like, he's like a spring. Yeah, it's it's nuts. 
Well, you can tell we're obsessed with Tony Jaw's body. <laughs> it's fucking nuts, dude. So anyway, the second act of this film is fucking huge. Liam and I have been talking about it, and I just feel like <laughs> the ninety percent of this movie is the second act. Yeah. So I mean, what happens is Ting keeps looking for Dawn because Dawn has Ong Bak, and he also has a recurring thing with Hom Lei. Where he's like, Humley, help me. Humley keeps trying to scam him. Then he's like, fuck you, Humley. Humley gets into trouble. Ting has to go help Humley because he's in trouble. Ends up getting into a fight. Humley tries to get him to go back into the fighting ring. He doesn't want to, but Big Bear, mm-hmm. um, he fucking takes this Thai girl and is, is like harassing her. And then he yeah. fucking tries to beat a man to death right in front of him. Yeah, a guy tries to come to her defense and he starts to... Basically, he keeps saying over and over again, like, I'll kill him. Yeah. And all right, so this is what this movie has learned from the great Hong Kong films of the past, which I give 100% credit for, and the Jackie Chan movies in particular. They do not cut when they, ha- when they hit somebody in the movies. Mm-hmm. They're really throwing these, the kicks and the punches and everything. And like Liam said, there are pads on people for a lot of these hits because Tony Jaw is throwing his whole weight in, and they don't cut away. It's a one-take thing where you see them – Hit him. The only thing that they'll do, which they took directly from Jackie Chan, is they'll replay the scene again from, yeah, like, from a different, different angle. angles. Yeah. So they'll show you the, the move that he does, and then they'll show you it again. And this is what separates them from any, and hopefully from all future action films where they want to make somebody look like a badass with the, the Paul Greengrass yeah, born, born the identity shit. That. It's like you can't throw a punch, start a punch, cut to the conclusion of the punch, and it just looks bad. Matt Damon can't throw 50 punches in five seconds. Like, yeah. But Tony Jaw can. Like, you can tell when Tony Jaw, that's why you, you hold the shot on the guy as he kicks or punches or knees or elbows, and you show the completion of the move, and it's just so impactful. And this movie does it so right. Yeah. Just like the Kung Fu movies did of old, it does it just to, to perfection. Yeah. Like, when he throws down on Big Bear, a.k.a. Big Ben, a.k.a. Weird Al, a.k.a. <laughs> Cut-Off Sleeves. A.k.a. Mr. Cartoon Man. Mr. Cartoon Man, because the Westerns in this movie just look ridiculous. Yeah. We always look ridiculous in these movies. Yeah. And, um, which I guess is fine. I, I mean, I guess we're due a couple. Yeah. You know, shout out to Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh we see you. We see you. You know, we, we, we wish you, we wish we didn't see you. Yeah, we, <laughs> we saw you. We fucking saw you. And, um, Racist! <laughs> Um, (laughs) so he fucks up Big Bear and then now we start the circuit this is like the the circuit of bad guys start popping up so Big Bear takes his whoopings and then ridiculous Bruce Lee man in a Russian hat one of those little fuzzy Russian was that a hat or was that his head I thought it was like a Russian I think it's just another bad wig dude let's just call that a hat because it was a horrible (laughs) fucking wig (laughs) A wig, dude. Oh, dude! I, I thought for me- sure it would have just been a hat. I think it was supposed to be like spiky styled hair, but it's just—I think it's just another like awful wig because they had to put huge wigs on these people. I'm sure. Doesn't he get like CGI blood out of his head too? Does because I believe I it's either might. him or Big Bear get like have really bad CGI blood. Uh, okay. Once yeah. they take the double, I think they take one of them takes a double elbow, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or no, no, no. Is it the other guy? The like the the super crazy brawler guy? The final boss takes a double elbow. I know. Yeah. Like yeah. He has CGI blood for sure. Yeah, I just didn't know if it came earlier too. I couldn't remember. Yeah, but so then it's him, and it is a it's it is a clear. They could have done this even better because what I would have loved to have seen is like every time he's doing those kicks, Tony Jaw just moves, and then 
kicks his fucking leg out from under him. Yeah. Because that's what they really do. And you get to see a little bit um, later when they fight Mad Dog. Because the Kung Fu fight goes pretty quickly. Yeah. And we're also, in this and during this time, introduced to um, Asian Jeff Goldblum with the... Uh, the my name is Liam Cohen. So we have like old Asian Jeff Goldblum and his like laughing man friend who are betting on all the fights. Right. We, we, that was in the first uh, fight scene as well. Yeah, yeah. We're introduced to them like from the from the beginning of the fighting. And we, like, we know because Don uh, has delivered the head to him that this is this is the guy who uh, you know this is our main villain. Yeah, and he like I. I Respectfully, he like when Don delivers him the head. He's like, "Well, they wouldn't give me the amulet, so they gave me. I, I took this head." And he's just like, "You're a dumbass." He's like, "What the fuck? Get the fuck out of here before I get mad." Yeah, he's like, you, "What the fuck am I supposed to do with this? Fuck off!" Yeah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and then so Don's yeah, just like, I'm back off to be a little piece of shit. And he is a piece of shit, a real piece of shit. We find out later, like a real piece of shit. Um, so yeah, it's got the two guys betting on the fights. Big Bear gets a whooping, then. God, I wish that was a hat. Spiky hair. <laughs> knock off Fu. Bruce Lee. Yeah, knock off Bruce Lee, which is like a big knockoff because he is not tough. No. Bruce Lee would have done a lot better than this. Oh, yeah. And I, I still think Muay Thai would have been too much for him. But, mm-hmm. And then, um, then the last one is just my least favorite person, and I really wish they had thought of a more of a challenge for Tony Jaw. Yeah, it's Mad Dog, and this is a furniture man. This is the, the this is a, our ringside announcer's best moment in the scene, because when Mad Dog comes, he goes, "Oh no, Mad Dog, <laughs> Mad Dog!" Like, you're why are you talking like you're fucking Japanese? You're <laughs> yeah. clearly not. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It is hilarious. It's fucking amazing. He commits to it though. I mean, like... Mad Dog! Of, <laughs> yeah. It's like he was sitting at the bar the whole time. You didn't notice him. He was just sitting there on the, reading a newspaper. He's also, the like, maybe a little bit more intimidating than, than knockoff Bruce Lee, but he's he's way, way less intimidating than Way less than jacked than the first guy or the second guy. Yeah, like, he, and he's just, uh, he's just this greasy, like, 80s villain, and he's wearing... He's wearing a bandana, but also you can see the pad. Yeah, he's got a big fucking shirt on. Yeah, it looks like he's wearing like a 1920s like football like leatherhead helmet. <laughs> he looks like I mean, he looks like I I don't know if I would definitely win in a fight with him, but I wouldn't be like terrified. Yeah. Like, like Big Bear was scary. He was scary. The first guy was scary yeah, too. Yeah, they were both huge. Yeah, and then the guy that they fought which was incredibly racist was a black dude in the opening scene called Ali. Yeah, oh my god. I can't believe I almost forgot about that. They were like, "Well, he's a black fighter, so his, his name, name is, is Ali." Ali. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, you think we don't see you? We see you. We see you. Well, we, we wish we didn't see you. But well, we, we saw you. you. Yeah. We saw you. Even you, you Tony Draw, you're not immune. <laughs> he's like I have a really high-pitched voice like this. <laughs> and my character's name is Ting. <laughs> Liam is racist now. Well, <laughs> but anyway, so Mad Dog, this is the lamest shit. He just keeps hitting Tony Jaw with like furniture and throwing yeah. shit at him, like a file cabinet, a refrigerator, like a table. There was one scene though in particular, or one one moment in the fight where he is he's pressing him against a, sta- a table that's standing with another table. Yeah, and his back, Tony Jaw's back is just into like the hard edge of this table. You know it hurts. I was like, God, that's gotta hurt. Like and they're really doing it. Yeah, it's That's crazy. the thing. Like, it's not, they're not using angles or or CG or anything to trick it. Like, they're really doing this. Yeah, you're seeing people get the shit kicked out of them with like minor m- safety features. Right. Like very minor. Almost none. Yeah. 
And I'm like, I, at a certain point, I'm like, how many stuntmen are in this movie, and how many of them were able None to for Tony Jaw were able to shoot to completion? Like, how many of these people left? A lot of them got hurt. Major injuries. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them got really hurt. Like, and production got halted at some point because Tony Jaw was under, injured. Oh yeah, I can imagine for a while. Yeah, like every Jackie Chan movie is. Yeah, like they he always gets hurt in some way. Yeah, because it's. He's doing all of his own fucking. If stunts. you can go through a, a movie where you have to do this many stunts and not get hurt, like you are the master, it's just not possible. Yeah, this is not possible. So he he beats up on Mad Dog, who is just I don't know my least favorite. Yeah. Oh, and um, I think have we already gone? Have we already had the first uh, chase scene in the street? We have that happens in between the first time he fights and the, and second, the second time he like fights. Yeah. yeah, and I should mention that the 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 street chase scene, because Georgie or Humble Humble gets caught in his schemes again. You know, he he scammed the bikers, got caught. Then he scams at a card table. It turns out one of his skills is being a really good dealer. Yeah, um, he he gets caught in there, and then the two people he scammed band together, and then they chase him. And what I consider the best, this is the best scene in the whole movie. Um, oh yeah, the, this the, chase the scene. Chase? Yeah, this chase scene is the best choreographed, and it's the scene that really sold the movie to everybody around the world. This is the scene that that took him, made him, in my eyes, a superstar. I don't, I don't think he's risen to the level since that he should have. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was because his English was too bad, or people didn't like how high pitched his voice was, or, or and something. he, you know, he made three of these movies, and the, I don't think he had the right people around him. Yeah, I think he probably should have branched out into different. Things like because I really parts. do think he was a, he was a, a f- athletic phenom yeah. and he uh, this chi- this chase scene um, is really incredible because again it's a lot of long takes it's a bunch of there are cuts in here but there each one of the little sections in the scene is one take where like he's running he's being chased by a bunch of people and he will jump feet and arms first through a hoop of barbed wire and you know and then er- and. Because it's all in motion, like the people on the street have to have to reset after yeah. every if they mess up, if he gets hurt. Um, and there's a cool behind the scenes where it shows them being in like a warehouse and they ran this course, so they had oh, practiced yeah. it. Because they're they're really in the streets of Bangkok or, or wherever they filmed. I'm not sure if they filmed it, but they're on the streets and there are these are all extras. And so everything's moving and bustling, and it looks so good. Like, they pull it off so well. Yeah. Like, he does do a f- jumping cartwheel through two panes of glass. He does leap over a bunch of fucking knives and shit. And the cool thing that I love, one of the scenes is, like, he jumps over a bunch of garden, like, ho- hose yeah. and shit. And then you can tell by the way he jumps that he really jumps over it. I mean, and it, this guy jumps, like, insanely high. It's crazy. Tony Jaw really jumps over the shit, yeah. which I wouldn't in a million years attempt. <laughs> Not no. in a million fucking years. Just to get ups, like up to like five, six feet in the air. Even if I was in great shape, I wouldn't attempt this. No. This is nuts. And then fucking Humley does it, <laughs> but you can tell, and I confirmed it in behind the scenes, that he jumps off a trampoline because watch him run. If you go back and slowly watch this section, he, he runs and then he stops and then he jumps and then he's over. Yeah. Like, and yeah. it's like, that's a trampoline. Yeah. And they only Tony show- Jaw does it in one motion. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. He just flings himself like a yeah. fucking frisbee. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. I, I cannot express to you that nobody has ever in a Kung Fu movie ever been this fucking forceful with their jumps. Yeah. It's he's crazy. Up, he's like a spring. He is. And it, 
them knees when he's flying yeah. will kill you. And this chase scene also has the best joke in the movie, like the best humor in the movie. It's when it's actually it's 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 Humley and like Humley with the spices. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, that, that's a great scene too. But when he comes up to uh, he comes up to a food truck and he steals the guy's knife. And oh, yeah, the, guy, yeah, yeah. the people are approaching, like the gang's approaching, and he's like, oh, fuck that, let me get a, a bigger knife. And everybody kind of like backs off for a second. And then this old woman <laughs> yeah. comes by with the like, <laughs> thing of just knives. Like, just like an over the shoulder basket full of knives. It's just like, knives for sale, <laughs> knives for sale. And then it just like a quick jump cut to him getting chased by like 15 guys with knives. They all have knives. It's hilarious. Yeah, it is hilarious. And later he like grabs a bunch of Thai spices, which if you've ever had Thai food, you know, ain't no motherfucking joke yeah and start slamming him in their eyes yeah that was great and the, those those spices the spice mounds just looked awesome they did look fucking dope didn't yeah, they like visually they just looked awesome yeah just like a stack of like weird clay yeah that, I really wanted some that burns your face I bet I would just take a sprinkle and put it on my food and mm-hmm. be enough. yeah like like a little wasabi you know yeah like that's a lifetime supply of that absolutely that- <laughs> You're just like, I can make, you know, I can make some pad thai every night for the rest of my life, and I probably would have a good bit left over. Yeah. Just just know that in in Ong Bak is a lifetime supply of Thai spice. (laughs) 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 These mounds that are dope, and I hope to use one day. Um, So, anyway, yeah, this chase scene is the, to me, this is the movie. Like, it's worth watching this movie just for this chase scene because they just nail it. It just it, every little section is like, holy shit, that's dangerous! Holy shit, that's dangerous! Holy shit, that's dangerous! And mm-hmm. they like they get through it, and it's fucking awesome. What's crazy to me is that like this this chase scene comes after the very first fight that he has that ends in like a second, and then they just recycle like the last twenty minutes of the movie and do it again. In that like he he's like he goes to fight, he doesn't want to fight, he's forced to fight, he fights. Then there's like. Hung Lei, he's, like, trying to get Hung Lei to help him. Hung Lei won't. He wants him to fight for him. So, like, he eventually scams his way into some serious trouble, and then, like, they have a chase scene. And the same exact thing happens again after that. Like, after this chase scene, Hung Lei goes to, like, get him to... He's like, okay, just fight for me one more time, and, like, you know, go and we'll... But the, the second time he doesn't fight for Hung Lei, he fights for the for the guy that's in danger. But yeah, it's yeah, the same setup. It, it, it's, it's the same setup. Yeah, they just run, they, they run it back. Yeah. And they run it back they do really run it well. Back. They do run it back. That's what I'm saying. The second act is huge. Yeah, the second act, and then like, but the second time, that's when Don comes into the club and Tank sees him, and then we get the motorcycle chase. Yeah, I don't credit the director super hard for yeah. this movie because I don't feel like, I feel like he, he did great at action sequences. I feel like he'd be a great action sequence guy, but I, I really don't feel like he he kind of had the, the, the wherewithal to make his movie, uh, I don't want to say, like, dynamic. Yeah. Because it's just like he does do the same things over and over again. And I, I do want to point something out here is that there's something I have loved about kung fu films since I was a kid that I did not know that anybody else really, really cared about. And this director did care about it. And it's the sound of clothes rustling as they move and fight. Mm-hmm. Fuck is so dope. <laughs> it's so dope. Like, and they do it in this movie. Like when he's running, it's like, <laughs> like you hear his clothes move, and I just, I love that shit. If he flexes for a second, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, like it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that fucking sound. Yeah, and um, so then, I think the th- we really get into the third act, the final chapter of the movie after, uh, Humley. Well, Tony Jaw discovers. In the after the second chase scene, yeah, which is with Dawn. with Dawn, after Dawn has killed a hooker who is supposed to somehow be significant to us, but it, it, oh, it was a 
uh, now I know this. We watched the version that was distributed for the world that they cut out this storyline. Oh, okay. I think there was a whole storyline with this girl that we don't have any. I think it was like homely sister or his like ex-girlfriend or something. Oh, okay, okay. Because like it was supposed to be significant that Dawn like gives her enough coke and she kill like over overdoses. Yeah, and I mean it still works to establish Dawn as like the biggest piece of shit He's ever. He's a total piece of shit. But it doesn't it's like, you know, it it's it's more focusing on how bad he is and less on her. Yeah, I think it should yeah. Yeah, it was just weird because it felt like there was supposed to be some significance between them. Mm-hmm. Um but we don't get it. So anyway, that kind of spurns on Don's chase scene where he gets in these little taxi cabs, which is cool. The song for this chase scene was cool. <laughs> I was digging it, man. I was digging it. It was very like weird, like I loved it, 90s, yeah. like Chemical Brothers type I shit. I loved it. I loved it. That was all uh, like Apex Twin. This is Luke Besson's um, distribution company that. Uh, that did it, and they changed all the music to all this crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I love the shit out of this song. I, and, the, the, you know, I, I think this is not as good as the first chase scene. Yeah. But it's still cool. The taxi cabs are super stupid, though. Like, they keep yeah. crashing in the dumbest ways. Yeah. <laughs> and they're made out of paper. Yeah. Like, they're made out of fucking paper. But we it's a device to get us to, like... Like Ting in the Water discovering, discovering Big all Boss's these hidden artifacts. Agent Jeff Goldblum's hidden artifacts. Which prompts Big Boss to be like, we must punish them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, and he's just like, oh, and he gets on to Don. He's like, all this shit for your fucking spiteful ass little head that you had to steal. I can't you believe stupid kill motherfucker. Don. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was he wasn't like, sure. Yeah, he's not a really great villain. No, he wasn't that intimidating, but it's like at the end, especially at the end, where he's just like supposed to be delivering his monologue and he's like, I am God. Yeah. <laughs> so this gets us to the scene where he he's like, all right, I'll give you the... So I have a question here. So he... Ting has to fight his main bodyguard, which is a Burmese fighter, and yes. Bur- Burma, I believe, neighbors Thailand. Borders it, yeah. Borders it, and they, Burmese fighters, as a fighting style similar to Muay Thai, but it's a little different. They're also fearsome fighters. Yeah, this guy's like a little tank. Yeah, he's a little tank, and he takes some steroids. Apparently, Ting threw the fight, or at least that's what... We learned about that after the fact. Yeah, there's no scene telling us that Ting is going to throw the fight. It yeah. looks like he just loses because his opponent is doped up. Yeah. And Ting never says anything, though, to contradict the statement that he threw the fight. Yeah. I think we just learn... Because we see... I mean, he takes a, a pretty significant whooping in that fight. Yeah. And, like, he almost, and the guy is completely drugged out, raged out of his mind, so he... I mean, Ting is is hitting him, and, and he's holding his own at the beginning of the fight, and then eventually he just goes to getting destroyed. Right. And then afterwards, I think we have to set it up because, like, they have to fight again where, like, and he, you know, spoilers, the the Burmese fighter is going to use the drugs again. We have to he set it like up. He uses, like, five needles. Yeah, it was crazy. Where did he get those needles from? Yeah, I know, because it's not like he had anywhere to hide them. I was going to say, did he just have them on him? Like, in his pocket? Just in case. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, let me get five, just Could've in case. Could have just had a gun. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing about this movie that I was going to talk about at the end. It's like, there are guns in this world. They handle them pretty well. They do. They do. But it's like, you know, it could have been used yeah. pretty, pretty, like, really to just stop taking his tracks very quickly. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. It's Kung Fu. We're going to focus on the Kung Fu. Yeah. Um, well, it's not Kung Fu. It's Muay Thai. It's Muay Thai. We're Muay Baran. Muay Baran. We're going to focus on Muay Baran. Yeah. Tarver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, uh, I think we, we get the, 
the fact that Ting threw the fight so that it sets up that it's not he's not an impossible villain because he whoops the fuck out of him. I feel like it would have been better if Ting didn't throw the fight. Yeah, yeah. Because then he like lost. He had the first real loss. And I was like, it's fine for him to lose because he's going to come back and win. Yeah. Like a Rocky story. Yeah, especially with his like special dope herbs. Right. He does have his dope herb. Um, <laughs> so Act 3, I think, happens really once they're left to be executed. And because we finally – I think this is Act 3 because – he he now sees Ong Bak. Act they, three. They've located it. Ting is left to be executed. Don the whole Don plot find Ong Bak is resolved. We know where Ong Bak is. Yeah. We know where Don is. So they escape. They have a little this is the first introduction of guns in the movie. They they disarm and beat the shit out of some people. Then they ride to the cave where they find uh they, they take out Don too in this section. Yeah. Which was weird that they put a helmet on him and acted like we couldn't tell who he was. Yeah. And I was like, that's clearly Don. It's very strange to me. It was a very weird choice because he doesn't take it off. It's like all to – I think it's just all to lead up to – To him getting the helmet broke? Yeah, to Tony Jaw breaking the helmet off his head. Because Tony Jaw breaks the fucking – yeah, I think that's right. I think they were just like, we want him to break the helmet off his head. But wouldn't it have been better if it like he just puts the helmet on right before Tony yeah, Jaw like breaks he's the like, fucking yeah, dick yeah, off his head? That's it. That would have been cool. They, yeah, they were like, we don't need to establish it. People know it's fucking Don. It was like – it was a little bit lazy or like maybe – Maybe they didn't have Don on set. Maybe. For, when, during that scene when they were filming inside. I don't fucking know. It was a weird choice, but it was dope as hell when he broke that helmet off his head. Because he really needs that fucking helmet. Yeah. And this like there are a couple of shots that they do the the double triple takes on where I thought it was like maybe a little unnecessary. Right. But for this one, they show it like three times. And they're like, helmet break, helmet break, yeah. helmet break. And it's like they're like, look at how fucking Dope this is. Yeah. And if you just heard Blake scream like an idiot in the background. You know, he's getting he's he's doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's getting scared. It's <laughs> it's it's spooked over. We yeah. you know, we we leave it for what it is. All right. Um There's a reason the Imaginarium was canceled. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they storm the fucking cave where they find a giant Buddha head being removed, and this is the final showdown where uh Ting just goes on a rampage, knocking people out left and right. Um, and him and Hamley are finally working together yeah. at this point because Hamley is like, I am from Purdue. Yeah. I am Hamley like, of Purdue. Yeah. Hamley, <laughs> Hamley. Hamley, he finally, like, he, you can, he's, he's, he's had a little bit of an arc, but it's not super developed. No, but here it's, it, it's like coming completely to fruition where he's just like, holy shit, I do care about where I'm from. Yeah. And like, he just goes 180. But it does make him one of the biggest OGs in the movie. Yeah. And Ting uh, has this final showdown with the Burmese fighter who he puts the fuck down yeah. after enabling his dragon rage with the worst CGI in the oh. movie, which is when <laughs> yeah, this, like, eye. flames come into his <laughs> eye, which I was like, you really didn't need to do that. Yeah. I don't know why you decided that you need to do that. It, it was badass enough because he, like, jumps and just delivers the double elbow to him in, like, the most... And then the final movie does on him is where he just jumps, and this is a move I used to do with my little brother when we were young, and I called it Dead Weight So Great. Where you just your brother's alive still. I didn't do it with this much force, but like you just, I didn't jump in the air. Yeah, but you just drop all your weight. He jumps, pulls his fucking feet back to his ass, and then points his knees directly down yeah. and drops it onto the dude. Knocking him through wood, and this is—I mean, this is a Tony Jaw jump too. Like this is not to harp again on right. like <laughs> the jump is the so jump, high. He jumps like fucking six feet in the air. Yeah, pulls his legs back and comes down with double knees on this motherfucker. It's like your whole 
torso is fucked. Yeah, you're gone. You're he, fucking gone. The, I love the the effect that they put on him after he like after he started like he takes a weapon from from Ting and like Agent Jeff Goldblum's just like careful. He threw the fight last time, so he's just like okay. And after he, he takes his first weapon, he puts the five like steroids. Turns in. into a monster turns with in, red eyes and drool. Yeah, the drool was so consistent. I was yeah. like, they did some who they did some great drool work. They did some movie. great drool, drool work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he turns. He's actually like legitimately scary at the end because you're like he is just a jacked up monster man. He is a monster man. And then I... I big, monster man. Big, big props to fucking um, our main villain because he's like the first one. He just pulls a gun out and shoots him. Yeah. Like doesn't even hesitate. Just boom. <laughs> yeah. Just shoots Ting in the shoulder and then which prompts Hom Lay to come with the two by four to the back of the head. Yeah. Hom Lay starts showing up, showing out. Like he... Uh, well, and I really like this decision because it, it was it was smart to set him up as like a... a kind of an invalid person like he's in, he's not he doesn't just have like the full-on voice box tracheotomy thing going on he's also w- wheelchair bound for the most part i think he can walk but he's in a wheel like a motorized scooter for the entire movie so he's just like uh it's not like i'm gonna fucking fight you i'm just gonna like Poof. yeah and he shoots him in the shoulder and tony jaw just walks that shit off he does like a true gangster and then uh what happens is the giant buddha head falls on yeah. They're carving it off. They're, the yeah, they were carving it off. Falls. Um, Humley holds on to the fucking uh, Ong Bak. Yeah. And takes like a severe beating from With a, a hammer. hammer. Yeah. yeah, to hold on to it. Buddha head falls, crushes our, our main villain. Mm-hmm. And Humley. 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 And so Humley dies. And th- there's a really weird thing, though, before Humley dies where you see that the Buddha head was made out of gold? Yeah. Which I'm like, why does this matter They established that, yeah, and then it doesn't come back in any way. I think it's like, it's like oh, look it. at Humley. He died under a big pile of gold, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. And Ting just does, uh, uh, I'm going to say this straight up, Tony Jaw does not do a good job acting, Mm-mm. sad at all here. <laughs> he just keeps praying, and the girl, what's her name, Maya? Moya, I think. Moya. She she does a pretty good job. This is her best scene. Yeah, definitely. And she's like, you know, she's like, "Who's gonna take care of me? You promised you would." And like, you know, this I'm so like, this is this is fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, uh, and the guy playing Humley does a really good job. He does a good job dying. Um, he does. He you know his his final speech is 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 um, you know it's, it's compelling. And I think they they this is one of the best directorial choices. Um, that I think in the whole movie is that. When Humley is crushed by the big, the the giant Ong Bak head, he uh, is covered in mud, like he's covered in dirt. Yeah. So it looks like he is another, like he's. It looks like he's back to being like a fully committed member of the village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's that's dope. But that, the bad, I, the bad part is that you can clearly see that no weight is being pressed on his body at all, <laughs> yeah. and, and that he is completely fine. That's true. I, I looked at. I was like. Okay, so you're fine. I yeah. can see that all these beams or nothing is touching you. Yeah, and it was a bad decision to have uh, Moy r- remove things because it's like she's just picking up like loose rocks next to him. Yeah, and it's just like, well, he's not buried under anything. He's, he's just he's laying, fine. He's laying next to this. He's fine. <laughs> yeah. And then there's another version where he lives. He limps out. See, I kind of was hoping to see him on one of those elephants at the very end. Me too. But me too. But anyway, so then they, they 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 return on Bach, and there's like a funeral procession or something. For Humley, and they go by his house where his dad and his mom are. I thought was that um, him being actually ordained as a monk because it was before he could like he left to go retrieve Ong Bak before he could become ordained fully as a monk. Maybe, but he would be it would have been posthumously. Head, 
That's no, not, not, not. I'm sorry, not Humley, but like uh, Tony Jaw, because they they sh- they say no, Tony Jaw was never going to be a monk. Oh, okay. I thought they were coming back to that because Humley it, was the one that was going to be a monk. Yeah, but I thought that for some reason, because they said that like the the guy who taught him Muay Thai killed a man and with his fighting, and then like became a monk, gave it up, and then he taught him the same thing, and then at the very, I don't know, maybe it's just because Tony Jaw's head is shaved in the very last scene. But oh, is it? Yeah, when he's, so. he comes in, he rides. On, I barely recognized him, but he comes in riding on the elephant, and he's like dressed in like the the ceremonial. Oh, maybe robes. he is. But they passed by Humley's parents' house, so I figured it was like a funeral procession. Yeah, it could be. I don't know, but they were smiling and laughing, so maybe you're right. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. So things I loved: uh, incredible fight scenes, a main actor that does all his own stunts, uh, the f- coolest fucking martial arts ever on screen. I still maintain this. Um, I'm time. saying it. Uh, like I think that that Muay Thai and Muay Baran, this is the baddest shit ever of any of these if you like the fighting movie genres this is is this is the coolest shit they've ever done i still think for sure i can agree things i didn't like um whenever there wasn't a fight scene for too long uh yeah yeah humley not getting more screen time i think humley should have been in like every fucking scene <laughs> he's in most of them hey, yeah i need, sure, more. Get, yeah. I need more humley 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 <laughs> Like, eat your food, eat your food, eat your food. I love his gesticulations, like, when he's talking. Like, he's always like, eat your food, eat your food. And he's, like, slapping his hand. Like, eat your food, eat your food, eat your food. Yeah, yeah. He's probably maybe the best actor. Uh, yeah, I think he is. Um, there should have been maybe. no CGI. I, don't, I, think, I think anytime they use CGI for blood yeah, or anything. very bad. It was bad. They should have used, like, blood pouches and shit. Yeah. More practical effects. More just stick with what you're really good at. And I, I think that... I think that Tony Jaa could really use, like, a really good writer and, like, a solid director for the next one that he yeah. makes. But in, overall, I think Ong Bak is just still a dope... I think the movie still stands up because it was all done, like, like these are real hits, these yeah. are real stunts. And, and the star of the movie is just a... He's a un... Like... Unparalleled. Yeah, and he's just a truly rare athletic screen presence. Yeah. A couple of things that I wanted to touch on that we didn't really get to while we were talking about it. I really like the use of, like... Um, uh, the the like the one well the one use of it <laughs> the like religious imagery when Tink first comes to the city and he's a little bit overwhelmed after he gets um scammed by Humley the first time he goes to like a temple area oh yeah yeah and yeah. that was straight up beautiful it was really it was cool beautiful. looking um and then also they kind of mirror that um after when he finally gets one gets over on Mad Dog like when Mad Dog is coming after him with this electrical wire and then all these sparks start falling down that was down. a pretty scene too that was a pretty scene um i really enjoy how quickly they kind of get through after like the big tree scene in the very beginning they're just like exposition 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 here's a line here's who i am here's a line here's who i am it's like cuz it's like it doesn't matter you it know? doesn't matter no. and they get through that pretty quickly um so they establish that and i think also because they have that huge opening and they grip you in but then it's like all right well, we need to get to some fucking fighting real quick yeah like they try to hold you over for a little bit when he first gets to the city with humley's uh antics antics and his his race but then it's like let's see some fights yeah, and they they do get to it pretty quickly, but yeah, the, anytime there's too long of a stretch without a fight, it's like all right, I'd like to see a little bit of masking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I really, I really enjoy the movie, um, and I know it's you know it was, it was technically commercially successful. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a, one, a million dollar budget made twenty million worldwide. But yeah, I, I still classify this as a cult classic because it didn't have a huge theatrical release in America. Um, yeah, and it's not super widely known. It's not known. super well known. It's if, still, if you were a middle schooler or a high schooler in like around the 2003 era, you know about Ong Bak. Yeah. If you were a guy. Yeah. Specifically. Um, or a dope lady. Or a dope lady, you know. Yeah. 
But also, it's got a pretty niche audience, which is why we're classifying it as a, a cult classic. And it gets stamped with my, with fifteen Tarver beer mugs. Yeah, I, I'm definitely in the cult. I think I went to. to it's fair to say that I, I subscribe to the cult of Tony Jaw and of Ongbok Tai Warrior. Yeah, I might even watch the second or third one. Let's get on them elephants, dog. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the, this has been the cult of classics. Uh, the podcast that proves that. We know more than your cousin Jerry about movies. <laughs> you heard me, Jerry. You fucking heard me. And don't ever try me again. Yeah, tune in next time.